from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Catholic. It's Carrie Janice here and I'm of course here with my good friend, Mike Walsh. Good to be with you, Mike. Oh, hey, what's going on? Uh, it, every, you introduced me as your good friend Always. all the time. And I, I, that's so very sweet of you, because uh, I don't think of anybody as my friend. But that's, that's oh, pretty nice that I get introduced okay. like that. That's you are not my friend. I'm here with my co-host, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Okay, that's, my non-friend. That's, that's a good one, too. <laughs> the, um, no, it's, it's, it's lovely to be here. We're actually together again on a non-Zoom call, which it's is beautiful. awfully nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. Where we're back, and we're not quite, we're adjacent to my favorite recording spot, after, outside of the vault, your youth lounge. It's true. In the in the bowels of your parish here in uh, Williamstown, New Jersey, Our Lady of Peace Parish, and uh, you're quite um, hot and sweaty right now. As a matter of fact, I am not hot and sweaty. You are. I, I I just came from an outdoor meeting because we really blessed to be able to start back up our youth ministry just this past week. Social distance outside, which we found outside is going to be the better place of our options due to limitations on room space and germs flying around and kids being kids and whatnot. So outdoors has been great so far. It was not that hot, so actually I'm not sweating. <laughs> well, I'm a looking little, at you. So. I'm a, a little warm, I guess, but it was uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun to, you know, it's felt so good just to be back. And off Zoom, as we mentioned. Yeah. I mean, Zoom is a great tool, but at a certain point, it's, it's I don't know, it's just not what we hope in ministry, at least, which is to be together. Yeah, you know, it, for me, uh, driving up as you guys are actually wrapping up your meeting and seeing everybody together and everybody, I mean, joyous looks on their faces back mm-hmm. together again you guys are all hanging out eating pizza mm-hmm. just being social and fellowship and all those Felt things good. we've missed for so yeah. long it was really nice yeah and actually tonight and what we did on monday night with our young adult group was had had everyone just talk and share what has this time meant for them and unanimously from youth and young adults is just they've gotten closer to their families they've gotten deeper in their faith but they miss their friendships and yeah. and for young people that's that's their life right now is friendships and being together, socializing. And we know in our ministries that's that's how they really are vibrant is by being together and having them be together a lot and, and of course, faith-centered. So to be back, there was a few tears shed on Monday night, especially with our Aww. young adults. Um, they were very sincere, very beautiful. And, and actually, just this past weekend, our diocese has opened up all the masses, which was beautiful to be you know, congregated by people, people in the pews. And I, I'm i still live streaming, as we talked about on past mm-hmm. episodes. Our masses, actually more to get our overflow into the gym. Uh, we are live streaming to do that. Anyway, long story short is that I was at all the masses this weekend, but one and many tears as well, which I thought was really? be- beautiful, beautiful. By, by you or by other people? No, not okay. by me. I mean, I was crying because I was there for like five hours straight. <laughs> this is my sixth mass of the weekend because one of them was diaconate ordination, which was beautiful. We'll talk about that momentarily. Right. But um, no, no, of course I could never cry. I love being in church. It, it was more the people walking in, yeah. walking in and then at communion time as well. Was it really, was it? Yeah. You know, I was, I, um, it was a strange weekend for me, and, and I, for the first time, I wasn't overloaded with masses and live streams nice. and, and things of that nature, which is kind of a nice turn of events for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that, what I did was I was kind of asking around and, and seeing, you know, how did mass go at your parish? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of a turnout was it? You know, do you have a rough idea about how many people were, yeah, were it's, coming? Yeah, um, it's interesting. I had a feeling it would be on the on the lower side, and from what I'm 
talk around the diocese. That's what I heard. But um, our lowest mass, I think, I think, was around 30. Our highest mass was around 60. Okay. So I, I was thinking that each mass would be around 60 to maybe even 100. So I actually was on the higher end of my expectations. But I think... I think as the next few weeks continue on, things are opening up restaurants and mm -hmm. sporting events starting after June 22nd. I think as more and more opens, people will be more and more comfortable going, yeah, going I, and attending. Yeah, my hope actually, believe it or not, as a, as a logistics guy, um, not necessarily from a spiritual standpoint, but as a, from a logistics standpoint, I was kind of hoping that this first week would, was going to be low numbers, mm -hmm. mostly because it was such a sea change with it's what true. it's like coming to mass yeah. and how many you know uh, pews are roped off, mm -hmm. and and I and I actually heard that as well. Yeah, everything I've heard so far is, was numbers about fifty and under, yes. um, which I think actually probably worked out well for those parishes just to get used to it. I agree. You know, the, in, in the Diocese of Camden, the obligation to attend Mass is still lifted for right mm -hmm. now. Um, and for those people who are still kind of, you know, my wife is, is very, she's a, a very bold woman and a very confident woman. And uh, even she had a little bit of, you know, trepidation with, with going back mm -hmm. to Mass. So we, we kept our son home. He didn't have to go back to Mass. Um, I watched the Mass on TV because I have to make it through at least one more event where I can't get sick. Um, so it's like there's, you know, because we have the uh, What the event is that? That would be the priest ordination <laughs> yeah. coming up this weekend. Which uh, is our next podcast. So yeah, we're going to have, we're going to talk to our two new priests next mm -hmm. week. Yeah, so a little, little heads up to next week's episode. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, so I watched the Mass from home this weekend, which is actually... That's Ironically, a change for you. It That's was. Really it was the funny. first time I was home watching the mass as opposed to... In, and Jennifer what? And Jennifer went to mass. Okay, yeah, nice. it, was, it was a nice sort of juxtaposition. I felt that, good. I felt that was deserved. You yeah. know, I've been able to go to mass. She's been restricted for 10 weeks. Very so uh, Yeah, so she went. But it was... It, but but anyway, uh, I was happy to see the numbers were a little bit down just so the parishes got used to it. Because the truth of the matter is, not only is it difficult for the people going back and seeing so many different things... for like yourself, for those people who work in the parishes and, and everything sort of being changed, making sure that everything was going to mm -hmm. work and the, the sat and the, let's say sanitation. Sta we sanitation. have the Martha's Ministry Cleaning Team at our parish. Is that what it's called? Yes, the Martha's <laughs> Ministry Cleaning Team. Oh, I love that. Isn't that nice? Oh, please, every other parish in the diocese, steal that idea. I love that <laughs> idea. Well, that's, my wife is on hers, Martha's what, is yeah. it, what did you call it? Martha's here? Ministry Cleaning Team. Mar uh, Jennifer. Uh, no, Martha's Ministry for short. I love that. I'm going to tell my wife to use yeah. that terminology for their parish. It's fun. That's good. The uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I'm glad that that for, you know I didn't hear about any troubles in the in the parishes. Mm -hmm. um, not all the parishes opened right. There were a couple of parishes that, in the diocese that chose to open a, a week later. I, I don't know if they were trying to get their stuff in order or whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, so it was, it was an yeah, interesting well, turn of events. It'll be interesting to see this weekend, like I said, upcoming ones, how it maybe changed. We didn't have to use our overflow to the gym, but we had it ready to go. And, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, the people are excited to be back. I also think there are people that are hesitant for good reasons, health reasons, sure. their age. What Some people that I know are working in um, ERs and stuff, they said they still feel they don't want to contaminate other people. Yeah. I think that's wise and prudent. So... Um, we we are blessed, I think, also by our bishop to give out communion after the live streams. And I thought that was a great 
And if you want to call it a compromise idea to allow these people to still view mass and then come and receive the Lord, because I think that's what most people miss. And that went surprisingly well with, with good numbers. Yeah. I saw your, your photos on social media. I was very pleased to see that. Thank you. You're very good about that, as always. <laughs> the, uh, no, no, that was, a, that was really a wonderful first week back. Mm-hmm. And so that was nice. And we, during that first week back, we also had a, a blessed event in the diocese. We kicked that, off the week back. Yeah, it was it great. Was it was pretty a cool. Way to open up the churches back to the people. Uh-huh. Again, uh, we had the diaconate ordination of our uh, of our seminarians, mm-hmm. our and the first mass that I got to sit and watch in a while, which I loved, just sitting there and taking in the mass, not being behind <laughs> a, a camera, worrying about the angles, worrying about flipping around on my face, it, just sat there and prayed. It was great, and prayed for three amazing young men who entered into the transitional deacon. Yeah, who happen to be with us today. They as are a here. Fact. Why don't we let them introduce themselves? Yeah, let's go around the table. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, my name's Paul Ebers. Oh, Deacon Paul Ebersky. I know I'll check that out. Uh, that's kind of neat. Um, and uh, I'm currently actually assigned at Gil- Gibbsboro, Gibbsboro Parish with St. Uh, St. Andrews, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's how new he is. He, he <laughs> yeah, doesn't remember how, what his assignment <laughs> You just well, got your assignment, it, right? It, it depends. Yes, he just yes. got his letter, yeah. So we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll cut him some slack over not remembering the name it's of the parish. Monsignor Marucci is the pastor there, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to it. It's and great I, yeah, with that, I'll just uh, give it over to my friend Deacon Steve Bertinazzi. So I'm Deacon Steve Bertinazzi. Mm-hmm. I'm from uh, Vineland. Uh, my home parish is St. Padre Pio. I've been there the past three months with uh, Father Rob Sinatra. And uh, my assignment will be in ATCO at Christ the Redeemer with Father Chris Mann. Okay. And lastly? My name is Deacon Carlos Santa Teresa. My home parish is St. Peter's in Merchantville. Uh, during my time in quarantine, I was also stationed at St. Andrew the Apostle in Gibbsboro, um, which is where I also did my pastoral year. And I am going to be assigned to Holy Child Parish in Runmead with Father Joe Daniel. You are. Yeah, they, I love I love it when they get their first assignments. Yeah, you know? I, I love hearing them. I get excited. Deacon Paul, I don't think you said your home parish. I mean, you want to let everybody oh, know yeah, your home my parish? My home parish is Our Lady Star of the Sea in Atlantic City. Okay. And I, um, I did my pastoral year in Wildwood, New Jersey mm-hmm. at um, Notre Dame de la Mer. Uh, and that was a wonderful time, especially at the beach. Yeah, yeah <laughs> very nice. Our guy is used to the Jersey Shore. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> well, especially if you grew up in Atlantic City, it's nice for you to be close to the, uh, the coast. And our, yeah. our second recent seminarian that came out of Atlantic City, uh, our, one of our newer f- priests, uh, Father Ed Kennedy, was not he an Atlantic City oh. uh, yeah. guy as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't so. consider him newer anymore. <laughs> okay, well, I've been in the- wow. I had to think about it. I'm like, wow. who is there? Well, sorry, Father Ed. You're old. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm going to clip this out of the okay. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Father, he's a, he's a great priest. He's a young priest. He is. Well, I think of him as one of the newer ones because when I got we here- We skipped a year. When I got here five years ago, uh, he was the first priest ordination mm-hmm. that, I, that I did while I was here. I think, I think he was the first. Yeah. yeah, I know he was the first. And actually. then we didn't have any last year, so it seems yeah. fresh so. for sure. He's fresh. He's still fresh. He he's just fresh. got his first uh, pastor assignment, as a matter oh, of fact, too. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Wow. Well, I take that back. He's now, he's been uh, named the administrator of a parish. Very so, nice. So that's good Congratulations, yeah. Father. So within five years, you guys could all be administrators of a parish. Aren't you guys excited? Learn the, learn the technical stuff first. <laughs> learn how to be an administrator. Yeah. <laughs> learn how to be a deacon. <laughs> right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, and, well, you know, I guess the first thing we want to talk about is your sort of your vocation journey mm-hmm. and sort of what brought you to, to where you are right now. And we'll kind of go around the table, and I'm just curious, we'll have, since we started with Paul, we'll go the other way around this time. We'll start with uh, Deacon Carlo. 
Uh, so, you know, when did you kind of first feel the calling to the priesthood? Well, actually, I think the call came at a very uh, young age. I think the earliest I can recall, I was about four years old. Wow. And I remember seeing my parish priest at the time and thinking that there was something different about him. And it wasn't the outfit that he wore or that he said all the prayers that we had to respond to. But it was something deeper. And, you know, when you're four years old, you don't really know what it is. You can't quite put your finger on it. Mm -hmm. But it was something that I wanted to know more about. So as I uh, grew older, I got to know that priest a little bit more. That priest was my pastor at the time, Monsignor Jim Tracy, a uh, oh, very nice. good friend. And actually, he uh, just did our canonical retreat. Uh, for the guys who were just ordained deacons and the uh, men who will be ordained priests uh, next week. And through that experience and then the experience of being able to serve at Mass, um, it gave me a deeper appreciation of what the priesthood was. And I um, originally uh, applied to enter the seminary back in 2007, but I decided to take a step back um, just to see what else, you know, I might be good at, see if there's anything else that, you know, might have interested me. And during that time, I, you know, met a lot of uh, wonderful people, a lot of people that I still stay close with today. And, um, you know, I was happy, but I wasn't joyful. I know I knew that there was something that was missing in that. And um, every once in a while, the idea of priesthood would always come back. And sometimes I would fight it. Sometimes I would think about it, but it never really went away. It wasn't until 2012. It was the day before St. Patrick's Day, and um, I was in New York City. I wasn't mm. there for Bishop Sullivan's birthday, <laughs> but I just happened to be in the city that day. And um, as I was walking to uh, morning mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral, I was actually in an accident. I was crossing the street, and there was a taxi cab that ran a red light, and I just happened to be the lucky guy in the middle of the crosswalk. Oh, no. um, so I went into the hospital, uh, fractured my left uh, tibia and fibula, was operated on and I just remember uh, being in my room shortly after that and thinking there must be a reason why I was still there I mean the car was going pretty fast and yet here I am with just yeah. a broken leg yeah. you know there's got to be a reason for it <laughs> and I still remember being in the quiet of that room it was, had to be sometime in the middle of the night and just hearing in my heart you know those two words that kept coming back follow me. Yeah. So at that point, I knew what I had to do. I contacted the uh, vocations office, and then in the fall of 2013, I started my time at the College Seminary of uh, St. Andrews at Seton Hall, and got through my uh, collegiate years, moved on to theology um, at Immaculate Conception Seminary at Seton Hall, where I'm currently studying, and lo and behold, through God's uh, grace and blessing, here I am as a deacon, and boy, what a blessing it's been. Oh, wow, wonderful. I mm. never heard that story, Carla, as long as I've known you. <laughs> I don't know how I missed it along these years, but mm. that is a powerful story. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. It's the hand of uh, God at work, yes. you know, uh, guiding absolutely. you in and those his plan. Uh, moments. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Amazing. All right, top that. Not as dramatic. No, not at all. Not at all. I, might say, I have a little bit of longer story because, of course, I'm the old man in the group. You know, being we know. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. So, it, you know, I was nodding my head as I was uh, listening to Carla because it sounds similar, just the, the same kind of experiences. But uh, I would say that I first remember thinking about uh, the priesthood when I was 13 years old. Yeah. Uh, had been an altar server for about three years by then and was um, 
in seventh grade preparing for confirmation, St. Mary's School in East Vine and had a, you know, had great teachers and, and uh, the nun that was preparing us for confirmation, I just was really like into it, you know, and the prayers and everything that I was uh, learning. And I guess it touched me and, and you know, being around the priests all the time and, and the parish, I remember after, after a mass, I was coming back up the aisle after serving, after we processed down and my parents were there probably talking with the, the old ladies of the parish, you know? <laughs> and uh, I think I told that group, I said, I'm gonna be a priest. I don't know where I can, I could just remember, it's just like a vague, faint memory, but I can remember saying that I was 13 years old. And it's like, once that comes, it never goes away. Mm. You know, you just start thinking. And so, you know, I was the, I was the, the boy in the parish that every mass I served, not every mass, but all, uh, weddings, funerals, I was just always on the altar yeah. with the priest, good priests in our parish, Augustinians at the time at yeah. St. Mary's. And then in, uh, when I was in high school, you know, so really like formative years in 92, we got uh, diocesan priests, the Augustinians left, and that's where I met Father Paul Onifer mm-hmm. and Father Pete Saparito. Oh, mm. wow. Yeah, sure. And when those two guys came to the parish, boy, they started on me. It was <laughs> no, in a good way, in yeah, a good yeah, way. Yeah, they yeah. just saw something in me yeah. and started to, and as I got older, I would I would be with them more, you know, and, and you know, my family was, cl- my mom worked at the rectory, so we were just, we were down the street from the church. We were just a church family. Mm-hmm. We were just always there. And yeah. Connected. So all, it was, yeah, very connected. And so those guys had a big impact on my life, big influence. Uh, high school, you don't really, but I didn't really like, you know, going to high school, it was like, you know, I wasn't the best student, so I wasn't really thinking about what am I going to do in life, you know, didn't have a lot. Went to, when I was done high school, went to county college, you yeah. know, I was sort of like, I guess you could say a little bit afraid of life a little bit, you know, what am I going to do, what, you know, I didn't think that I could go and become a priest, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. went to college, not having a whole big idea of what I was going to do, eventually stopped, and uh, in the year 2000, I went and got a job, uh, but all that, all that time, throughout my life going to different events different maybe uh, church events the uh, uh, the Padre Pio Shrine in Landisville meeting different people in different places all the time people would come up to me hey do you ever think about the priesthood do you ever think about the priesthood I would say no why are they asking me that you know yeah. but it, it made me it made me think uh, I had a, had a person in our in the school in St. Mary's school there uh, a teacher who uh, Steve Hogan and I'm sure, oh, sure. Maybe, yeah, yeah sure absolutely. we've had he, him on the show he yeah. took me uh, uh, with a group of people we went to visit St. Charles Seminary oh, oh really nice. right but he asked me hey Steve you want to go? we're going to the seminary why don't you come with us yeah sure that was intentional it, of course it was <laughs> yeah. intentional it, it carry all the time so. and that's a that's a powerful seminary to go yes. to I mean right. just the architecture alone I think makes people priests uh, uh, to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing I just remember walking through the halls and just looking at the pictures on the yes. wall of like other clubs where there were huge classes like wow this place mm-hmm. is great yeah. Uh, Steve Pinzon was a father Steve Pinzon yes. I call he went to school with my brother so I've known him since he was a little kid uh, so I sat with him at, for an evening prayer and we had dinner and I can remember being at dinner and, and I, I saw this guy walking around he was helping serve the meals one of the seminarians just I'd never met him before. Yeah. It was Father Rob Sinatra, my current pastor. I can remember oh, wow. it. It was him. I didn't know him. And after we left, yeah. How and later that? when I met him, I was like, Father Rob, I saw you one. I remember yeah. when I visited the seminary. So anyway, went back to, yeah. So I, eventually though, I went and got a job. So I didn't enter right then. And it was like, it was just a thought was in my head. 2005, uh, we did a called by name in our parish. Father Pete did that. And my name, I guess, got put down a lot. And so a uh, few of us, we met Father Chris Bakey, who was the vocation oh, director. Oh, he's in our th- parish here. Yeah. He's my R- right. associate here. So Father Chris came to the rectory, met with mm-hmm. us. And then he, uh, later on, about like a week later, he asked me to go to dinner. He said, why don't we go out to dinner? We went, we had something to eat. We came back to the rectory and he gave me the application. He's like, I think you should mm. fill this out. So I started, but I never finished. Kind of like with Carlo, it's like, why didn't I, you know, I, why didn't I finish? 
I stayed in contact with Father Chris for a little while, and then eventually we just, we lost contact. You know, I guess maybe I was like just unsure at the time, but then after that I was like, is God really calling me? You know, what's, what's the deal here? So that was 2006. Yeah. And it wasn't, I, I kept working, but still looking for like signs from God. What do you ask me to do? 2013, uh, at adoration one night, I came out, I picked up a bulletin from the church, because uh, my mom does the bulletin, did the bulletin in our parish. She always wanted to see one, so I picked it up and I opened it up and I was looking through it and I saw discernment group, the one that they do here. Yes. So I said, let me go. It was like mm. the winter of 2013, came here, met Father Romano. Mm-hmm. I, I I went through the discernment group for a couple of years. Again, it was like, I was just afraid, I guess. And I, Which is perfectly normal. I, yeah. I, I mean, if, if for me... I was I just mean, hesitant. You know? I, you know, it's funny to hear you talking about this it, it, related to the priesthood. My wife and I were just having this conversation the other night about how much trepidation I had as a young man deciding what I was going to do. And, and there, like, there were so many options I had from ages uh, 18 to, to 27, and I could have done anything, and I dragged my feet on all of it. And I was so unsure, couldn't decide. I haven't been happy in my professional life until, let's see, how old am I now? I've, uh, I got this job five the years ago. The last five years. So it really is. It took, it took and uh, there was a lot of education that went there, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be what, I, I wouldn't have the capability of doing what I do now if I didn't have the previous 20 years of unhappiness in my work life. But um, but until I was how old am I? Until I was forty three. I didn't find I didn't find work wow. joy until See? I was forty three. And you're what fifty now? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, that's, that's right. Forty four. Yeah, go. I'm forty four. I'm getting it. Might as well be. But that's the point, though, is that I, I when I hear your story, that doesn't sound weird to me at all. That sounds exactly like my story. It, Just mine didn't end in that vocation. Mine ended in right. this vocation. Just a hesitation. Yeah. yeah. So I, we visited the seminary. Father Romano took a group of us we went to see the seminary it was february 2015 and it was it was a little bit like you know it i've lived at home and it was like scary you know it was out of my comfort zone i was like well i have some time before i have to make a decision and at the jo- the job that i it was the same job but i was on the road uh traveling and i stopped in a church they have adoration on wednesday morning i stopped in there but then somebody just say a prayer left my phone in the truck went in knelt down prayed before the blessed sacrament for five minutes it was just lord what do you ask me to do just prayed got up went out to my truck picked up my phone and there was a text message on there from deacon paul abruscato <laughs> so this was i think he was probably in his first year in the seminary and it said he he had known me from the discernment group and he it said so we just had a silent retreat and it was great so are you going to apply? The day is coming when you gotta let your yes be yes and your no be no. Wow. Hope all is well, brother. And I just prayed before the, it was like. Wow. Yeah, that hit me like a to ton a of bricks. All right. Wow. So lo and behold, I called Father Romano and we set it's up a meeting and he gave me the application and I filled it out this time, went through gung-ho and. Wow. And here and you that are was being Five years ago, right, exactly, exactly. Ahead, yeah, that was exactly. It, it, That's a big like to look out. at that. That's what a amazing. providential, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And Deacon Paul, your, your yes, you know, your openness to God helped help foster a vocation. That's amazing. Yeah. That text. So, that text. That means in five years he's the next vocation director. I would do it. <laughs> it's a good gig. You know? Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, oh, and for for our listeners, uh, if anyone wasn't sure whether or not uh, Deacon Stephen is Italian or not, uh, there's a high likelihood that you heard him pounding on the table with a big point every single time. So those hands have been going all over the I'm place. I'm half so. Sicilian, so there you go. <laughs> you hear the pounding. That's, that's what that, that is. That is funny. <laughs> 
no work being done down here. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so Deacon, Deacon Paul, aside from encouraging other sorts of vocation, what was your, your vocation story like? All right, well, to, to begin the vocation story, uh, I was not Catholic, so I'm actually a convert to the faith, uh, which was uh, quite a journey. Uh, but one of the most beautiful things was I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, my mother was Pentecostal, and then we went to this church, uh, this Baptist church when we were younger. And one of the beautiful things that I've learned from that uh, particular denomination was just the Christian fundamentals of, of the fact that God loves you, Christ died for your sins, and I think these are these are foundational to the Christian life mm-hmm. uh, and something that, that you need to know as you grow and, and you, you journey in this life. But growing, as I grew older, we, we actually stopped going to church. So this is one of the, I guess, the, the difficult parts or difficult moments in my life. And one of the things that I remember was um, my parents still wanted me to have a Christian education. So I went to St. James in Vetner. I think the school is closed now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of a sad thing. But there I met two of my best friends, uh, Christian Groffalo and Shane Martin. And they're still my best friends to this day. So it's just a wonderful thing to, to realize uh, how in a Christian school, I met two of my wonderful friends that, that are still beside me this day. And as I continued to journey my life, I went to high school, and there, there, kind of, I drifted from the faith to some degree. And I kind of like, how would you say, it, accepted some worldly ways as mm-hmm. I journeyed in my life. And um, and as I continued, I went to um, community college. I went there, and I was studying business for some time. And in that particular moment, I was working in a restaurant, and then I started bartending. And I guess the big transition was I had this one girlfriend who was uh, agnostic, and it was really puzzled me. I was mm. like, how, how is that possible? You know, after you gaze upon the world and you see the beauty of all the things that God has created. And um, that was kind of the turning point. And then we broke up. But then, like, one of the big things that I, 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 I asked myself, I was like, so wait, why, why do I believe in God? So it was, a, it was a really turning point to really investigate the faith and really look into it. Because I kind of had a very simpleton view of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I just believed. I mean, you know, I, but I didn't really know the crux of why I believed. So I began to really dive deep into the faith. And I, I was going to this Calvary Chapel because my oldest brother was baptized. He's not Catholic yet, but I think uh, I'm going to work on it. You'll get baptized, His wife's Catholic, though, so, so it's... Uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of hope. Uh, so, but, but, I mean, you know, uh, we're trying to get all of New Jersey to become Catholic. <laughs> That's the goal. Uh, but um, as, we, as, we, as I moved forward, um, I was going to this Calvary Chapel, and the man, he had a theology degree, so he taught a lot of important theological elements about the uh, connection between the prophets and the Old Testament and how Christ fulfills those in his personhood. Uh, so this is, the, this is a big thing that's necessary to understand uh, the Christian faith and why it's centered on Christ himself, as all these persons spoke about him and Christ is that fulfillment therein. Uh, so then after this particular moment, I, I gained some, I guess, knowledge about the faith. And, but my best friend was Catholic, and I was going all the way out to Ocean City to Calvary Chapel, where this it was the guy preached, uh, I think it was, um, yeah, Calvary Chapel was the name of the chapel. And then, then my best friend was Catholic, and he said, why don't you come down the road to uh, Our, uh, Our Lady Star of the Sea? It's right there. So it was very close, which is a beautiful thing, beautiful element for me, because I was driving all the way out there. And uh, one of the beautiful aspects of my journey, I wasn't not affiliated with any denomination. And my one goal was to understand what does Christ teach? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that was the big uh, thing. So I follow Jesus Christ as a Christian. Uh, so as I went to Our Lady Star of the Sea, 
uh, with my best friend, one of the first things I, I seen was I met my grandfather there. And we don't have the best communication in our family, but anyway, my, my, my grandfather was there at Mass, and I met with him, we would go to Mass every Sunday. We would, so it was a beautiful thing that we developed as with one another. But in that process, one of the things that I've noticed in the Catholic faith, which really shine or show the beauty of, of its ancient history, was how they reverence the Word of God. Because as Christians and uh, I guess I would say Protestants, they have a high reverence for sacred scripture. And when you come to the Catholic Church, one of the things you see is how they reverently read the Word of God. And that's something I really deeply appreciate it in my heart. I was like, wow, it's, it's a beautiful uh, vision of how sacred scripture should be treated. As they read it and they just say the Word of God, very, very plainly, straightforward. And then there's also the concept of the gospel, how everybody rises to listen to the words of Jesus Christ. And then also there's the next aspect, which is um, the Holy Eucharist, right? And, and this is the, the beauty of how Jesus says to do this in remembrance of me. And how I didn't know it at the time. I didn't understand apostolic tradition and how all throughout the ages, the apostles ordained bishops and all throughout the ages, they continued this tradition, connect it to Jesus Christ and unite it in Jesus Christ to, to, to this particular Eucharistic sacrifice. And uh, it was something that I experienced and felt like, wow, this is like, I felt like I was at the, uh, the, the early, the earliest stages of Christianity in, in that communion and how, how the, the apostles did it and how Jesus reminded the apostles to do uh, these things in memory of him. So that was a really beautiful experience. And then uh, I was talking with my grandfather and he was like, well, why don't you become Catholic? And I was, I was sitting there going, every, going there every week and I thought this was a perfect opportunity to just sit down with a priest and just, uh, investigate the faith even further. Uh, because I mm -hmm. gr began to grow uh, grow fond of studying sacred scripture, and then I was reading a lot about the saints. And the first thing I encountered was um, Saint Benedict, and mm -hmm. he had a, okay. such a beautiful story of how he was in Rome, and Rome was kind of the church was beginning to be corrupt. So he tried. He goes out into the desert to kind of like get away from it all and just really seek union with God in this particular way. Uh, so my first initial thoughts of vocation was toward the Benedictine order. But to, to travel back a little bit, uh, just to speak with my grandfather, he, he was like, why don't you become Catholic? And then he gave me the pamphlet to, to join the RCIA. So then I entered and I was uh, coached or taught by Father Joseph Pham, mm -hmm. which was just uh, he had such a brilliant and beautiful story of, of, of leaving Vietnam and coming here and just really had this deep faith in Christ and as, as he journeyed in his life. And that was very inspiring. And he just, he just kind of very informed me about the faith and taught me a lot about the crux of the teachings of Catholic, the Catholic faith. And it was uh, just very solid, solid truth. But then come back to the, the, the discernment toward the Benedictine order. Uh, I was talking with my father about it, and he was like, well, why don't you just become a parish priest? And I think he knew that about my personality, because monastic life is a little more introverted, and mm -hmm. sometimes I'm a little more extroverted when it comes to like, hanging out with people and being with the crowd. Yeah. Uh, and so it was kind of like, he pushed me in that direction because mm. your your father knows you, your, your parents sure. know you, they know where, where who you are, and they know how to properly kind of guide you if if they're true parents or true a true mother and a true father that truly seek your good. And then coming to the, that, yeah, he gave me the, the, the pamphlet for the discernment group. Mm. And the beautiful part about this story, I don't want to keep, keep talking too long, but uh, uh, it was no, it's the a great fact. Story. Um, keep yeah. going. I'm, I'm riveted. 
my uh, my dad and my mom came. Uh, my, my mom entered the Catholic faith. And my dad came back to the faith. And wow. So it's a, it's a beautiful wow. story because my dad was Catholic the whole time. This is the back story that I didn't tell you, but it's, a, <laughs> it's an interesting thing. So he just wasn't was one of, he just wasn't practicing. But I guess not physically in the church, but I guess as a as a father who guided four children or had four children and was married to to a wife and faithful to to that wife, he was practiced in that sense, which is which was kind of like the crux of Catholicism in, in your actions. Not necessarily words, or so. Um, uh, then he, he he gave me the pamphlet to this discernment group, and then I went, and this is where I met Father Michael Romano. <laughs> <laughs> and what 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 a, what a grace-filled man <laughs> is, is how I would put it. And uh, when I sat down with him, I just felt a sense of peace and joy, like that, the, the kind that God gives you when when you're moving toward your vocation. Like mm-hmm. you're both married, and I'm sure that's the kind of experience you felt when you were mm-hmm. moving toward. God's call to be a married man or a married woman. Yeah. It's the same thing you experience when you're moving toward the priesthood or, or religious life. You feel that peace of Jesus Christ guiding you and leading you on this journey. And um, well, then I a uh, few few I was discerning there, and I, I was going to enter enter that year, but then I decided n- not to. So I waited a couple more years, and then uh, I it was like uh, how I described. You guys it have in, a common theme going there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny you say that because we've had so many people on this. We've had so many priests and seminarians and, and people on the podcast. And it's common. always the same thing. Yeah. It's like I did my best not to become a priest. And I, it, at the end, I just could, I, there, I, there was Couldn't nothing. Couldn't fight it anymore. Yeah, it was like, and that's, I find that to be a good sign in your priest is, yes. okay, I fought this as much as I can fight this, and I'm just going to surrender now. But I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's perfect. You explained it well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, uh, so it was like the wind was at my back. You know, as I moved forward with this uh, idea and this kind of thing that God put in my heart, and it's just—it's uh, been a beautiful experience in the seminary. Obviously, has its challenges, and but uh, overall, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience, and I wouldn't uh, trade it for the world. That's and really you, wonderful. Thanks. And your experience is slightly different than the other two deacons, as they were at Immaculate Conception, but you're sitting at the North American College in Rome as well. So you've had a few yes. other different experiences than the other two deacons sitting around the table. Correct? Yes, and one of them has been the coronavirus, right? That's been the talk <laughs> of the town, and uh, Italy got hit pretty yeah. hard. So like we should we should just kind of keep them in prayer. I mean, it's just. Uh, and because of that, um, you you escaped. You were one of the last people out, right? I did. You, you, you were able to avoid the, the quarantine in Italy by, by getting out of Dodge, right? I, I seen the disease following the plane No, no. <laughs> uh, as I flew away. No, no. But yeah, it was it was quite uh, an experience because when we left, they were checking our temperature before we got on the mm-hmm. plane. And um, it was interesting because I had an early, early uh, ordination. It was supposed to be in May, but then it got pushed back to June. But one of the things that... We were, uh, I was planning to stay, but then our rector was like, uh, if anybody has an early ordination, you got to go back. Because a lot of the guys stayed, but then they all eventually kind of dispersed. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So, and escaping also gave you another unique opportunity. Uh, you got to quarantine with somebody special for, uh, for, for two yes, weeks. Yes. How, how was it? Uh, where, where were you quarantined in the United States for your first I two weeks back? Quarantined at the bishop's residence. And he was quite the gentleman. It was just a pleasant, pleasant experience to be with him. Very, very humorous and very down to earth. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, no, it's great knowing that that's the man who's guiding you and leading you into your priesthood as, as a tru- truly fatherly figure who loves you and kind of cares for you as you uh, move in this direction and it just was just a great great experience to be with him and i'm sure yes. you guys all had that experience as well with with him as well oh sure yeah i never got to quarantine with him oh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 he is a great great bishop 
Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good one. And it was, yeah, that was funny because we started the live streams up, and the, the, the first live stream Sunday Masses we did, uh, Bishop was uh, felt very strongly about uh, nobody should be leaving their homes. So when we would do it, uh, except for, as it turns out, John Kalitz and myself, we left our homes constantly. But everyone, he really wanted everyone else to be in their homes, and, and particularly back in March, you know, when this first came out, mm -hmm. nobody knew what was going on, and we were all very concerned. He was like, Stu, where you are? And uh, so he decided to, to do the masses in his third floor chapel, which is a glorified attic with nice, with the, yes, a very, with an A-line roof. Not a lot of room in there if you're over six feet tall. Um, but it was kind of nice walking in and seeing uh, Deacon Paul and uh, mm -hmm. uh, Deacon Peter, who's about to become Father Peter, uh, uh, Peter Gallagher there, as, uh, as they were working on their uh, their last couple of studies. Yep. As a matter of fact, you were studying at the dining room table at like, what, three in the morning? <laughs> yes, don't remind me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is that because of the time difference? Or the because, time difference, okay. yes, yes. But they eventually did change it and only had one class at 4.30 on Friday. So it wasn't, it, it was nice. They worked out, they worked it out for us. Thank, mm. Thanks be to God. That's, uh, yeah. but that, but what, did you, were you make, were, did you make sure that since you were getting up so early that you guys were making the coffee for the rest of the house? Absolutely okay. not. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, one of the questions we have is sort of the unique nature of seminary life as well. Uh, now, you guys, you were away, you were in your pastoral year, and so it was kind of strange. But um, what are some of the differences between going to seminary at Seton Hall University versus going to seminary at the NAC? You know, I mean, could you, well, actually, maybe, how is your... How is your seminary life? I guess be probably maybe the per per person to ask Paul. What is seminary life like versus you know up in North Jersey versus Rome? Well, I think the big difference in Rome there's there's 200 guys there, so and they're from all over the U.S., which is a beautiful thing to see because you really see the the vibrancy of the church from all over the United States, which is sometimes you don't get to, to realize. Uh, so so that was kind of a, a unique feature that is in in the, um, the the Pontifical North American College, and uh, I think that's that's probably the, the, the biggest difference is the the amount of people that are there, and also the the studies the, the universities that we go to. There's some that are in Italian, but I actually go to one that's in English because you know <laughs> got lucky. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no it's just it's such a challenge for me, especially I think it's a challenge for older guys when it comes to linguistic and try, to try to learn a new language. So I really struggled with that. So. I just uh, went to the English University, and God was gracious in that area. <laughs> yeah. You left off a big difference, though. I'm sure your outings on food, going out to dinner in Italy is a lot different than going out in North Jersey. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that is true. That we is were true. there a few times. I was there with you all a couple of times when uh, the different canonization masses. I know Mother Teresa's mass. We were there together, and going out to dinner in Italy, there's, oh gosh, there's nothing like it then versus S says maybe Star Tavern in North <laughs> Jersey over there. Bob Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you're from North Jersey. Uh, you're, you're dragging North Jersey. Listen, I like North Jersey compared to South Jersey as far as diners and everything else. But nothing compares to Italy. Nothing. And we were just there right before the quarantine as well, which was interesting. We were there in February. And we thought we got out in time, but you got out way, yeah. way later than us. Yeah. That is one of the excellent features, is the food. <laughs> so what about seminary life in North Jersey? The food isn't as good, but uh, what, are, what are the benefits of, uh, well, of being up there? Well, we make do with the food. We, we <laughs> do our best with it. Um, one of the uh, really nice things about being at a seminary, especially at Seton Hall, is the proximity we're in from home 
Mm-hmm. And we're practically home uh, as far as New Jersey. Uh, it's the turnpike right away. Exactly. <laughs> I, I used to tell people all the time it takes me about an hour and a half to get from home to the seminary, and from the seminary to home, it takes about 15 minutes. But, you know, that's. Uh, <laughs> but um, that, be- <laughs> that being said, um, again, because you're so close to home, you get to see a lot of the things that. we're going to be dealing with as priests, especially here in New Jersey, especially here in the Diocese of Camden. Um, It's always amazing when I uh, walk through the campus at Seton Hall and I see how many people from South Jersey um, are there. Uh, Occasionally I'll run into a fellow Camden Catholic alumnus. Mm. Every once in a while I'll see an Eagles cap over there. So, (laughs) um, but at the same time, listening to their stories, getting to know them, getting to really see what type of things concern them. You know, it gives us a nice idea of what are the challenges as well as what are some of the blessings uh, that we'll be working with when we go into ministry, knowing that we are of service to the church, but in a very unique and profound way for the people in the local church, and in our case, the great and wonderful Diocese of Camden. You agree? Yeah. I agree, of course. Okay. Yeah, Carla always puts it in a good <laughs> so way. So succinctly, you don't have to add to it. Yeah, yeah. really. Uh, were, were both of you on pastoral year this year? I did, not, I did not take you a pastoral. I'm, you know, 50 years old, so they're like, you know, well, <laughs> yeah, this guy close, is like, we got to get enough. him. Yeah. Push him through. <laughs> he, had, he had his pastoral stuff there early on. So let me ask you then, Carla, uh, what was pastoral, your pastoral year like? What were you doing in, in the parish? Well, pastoral year was certainly a wonderful blessing. You know, it gave me a taste of what parish life really is like. Oftentimes when you go into seminary, you have the ideal painted in your head <laughs> that this is exactly how it's going to be and, you know, it's all going to fall into place. But with this, you actually got to jump in and see the concerns um, and the issues that a parish uh, has to deal with. So during my pastoral year, Monsignor uh, Marucci did a wonderful job really um, taking me under his wing and showing me the different things um, that go on in a parish, sitting in through parish council meetings, sitting in through finance council meetings, getting me involved with the many ministries that the parish had, getting involved in the community, as well as seeing what happens when, you know, the air conditioning might not be working (laughs) properly. And, you know, how do you address that? How do you uh, look at a budget and try to work um, and be a good steward of the uh, the people's um, gifts? to the parish. So that was a very uh, wonderful thing. And then getting to know and uh, be involved in the lives of the parishioners and really forming a bond. And suddenly that whole title of father means a lot more because you Mm -hmm. really get to see that. You get to help form the potential um, of the people you're working with. In addition to uh, being at the parish, I also had the opportunity to uh, teach 6th and 8th grade religion once a week at Our Lady of Mount Carmel Regional School Mm -hmm. in Berlin. And again, that was an absolutely wonderful experience, being able to hand on the faith um, to future generations. But at the same time, like I said, with um, studying at Seton Hall, you get a good gauge of the culture. You get to hear the concerns and the questions that kids have. And they have a lot of really profound um, mm-hmm. insights on certain things, as well as a lot of real struggles. And that just makes you want to dive into um, 
understanding more. One of the beautiful things that Bishop Sullivan mentioned in his homily at our ordination mass was being in tune with the culture, understanding what's going on there in music and sports and entertainment and whatnot, so that you know what's going on, so that you can make the gospel relevant to them. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I learned is that even at a young age, they want to know, they want to inquire, and they're hungering for the truth, you know, and they want to see how does Jesus Christ fit in my life in today's world that's kind of pushing me in all different directions. So it was a great blessing to be able to uh, work with them, to uh, teach them, as well as to learn from those students. Mm-hmm. See, I love hearing that. That's, and that's great for the students. That a young man in formation, being a great role model for them, teaching them, and they won't forget that. They really won't forget that. They'll go through high school and college and still remember those years that seminary and Carlo, or I don't know if they called you Mr. Santa Teresa. They, they all called me Mr. Carlo, and Mr. actually Carlo. it was interesting <laughs> going, uh, to the uh, high schools for vocations talks and still having a lot of those students stopping you in it's the hallway. <laughs> you know, even applauding me, at, you know, even though I'm at Paul the Sixth and I want the Camden uh. County. There's always that gauge there. But you can always find your students because you have the sporadic applause here. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, Deacon Stephen, you know, one of the things, you know, all joking aside, uh, you you are an older seminarian. Yes. Um, <laughs> how, how was, you know, as, as an older guy, you know, how was it being back in college? It was it was hard, really. I'd never been, like, a college experience like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I went to county college, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm on the campus there. In the seminary, I was always at ICS. I started at Mecklen. So I wasn't at St. Andrews with the college guys. Mm-hmm. But it was... Uh, it was hard the first couple of months. It was it was a, a really? new experience. It was yeah, it was scary for me, you know. Yeah. And just leaving home after you know, what thirty nine years was like wow. You yeah. know, it was a big adjustment. But uh, I I give credit to my spiritual director, through to the counselor, and just being open. You know, it was you know first time in my life where I had other people in my life other than your your parents and your family where you're able to just I I knew I had to open myself up mm. and just say. This is me, and this is my life, you know. Yeah. And through prayer, the Blessed Sacrament, it was just—it was amazing the change that took place, you know. And like people see it, you don't always see it in yourself, but other people see it. And you have to start, like for me, you have to start trusting what other people see in you, you know, and saying about you, and not always depending on your own insecurities sometimes, you know. And it was—it was—it was great. It was a beautiful experience to have that transformation and be able to do well in school, you know, for the first time. Really, it was <laughs> no, it was amazing, you know. Nice. So because was, you, you was, felt so inspired being there like you were you were no, finally I just in the knew, right spot. I, I, yeah and i was like okay you know but this is this is you know real if this is what god wants for me you know and i just i threw myself into it and it was mm-hmm. it was great that's it was beautiful. yeah it was beautiful. it was an amazing experience so well, actually what i love about this conversation is how different all of their it's very i mean different. It's, it's like i feel like we could have we shouldn't have had all the three of them together I we should know. have separated this them out time, this time. <laughs> there's so much depth we, and richness here it's very true very true. we haven't even got to the ordination we have less than 10 minutes left so yeah, yeah we should well, probably talk about that <laughs> so what was that like i mean you're you're now <laughs> i jokingly said before the uh uh the the before we started the podcast, that we've gone, you've gone from human to superhuman because now, you've, <laughs> as, as ordained men, um, but th- that moment, you know, there there are some moments of the ordinations, both in, at the diaconate level and at the uh, and to the priesthood, where there are these beautiful moments of symbolism that occur, and not and actually more than symbolism uh, that occur during the ordination. I, I'm just curious, you know, in the day before, the days before, was there? How was your nerves? Like, did you have a nervousness, or was there a calmness? to you i would say there was a, a calmness really because I, I feel like i really thought 
thought about this and prayed about this for, for a long time. You know, as you're moving toward this, this, this kind of like um, <clears throat> this aspect of serving the church in this way. Um, so I feel like, I mean, I was, I, I had a calmness to me. Uh, thanks be to God. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, I was calm, and we, you know, we had just we were just coming out. We had the retreat for five days, and that was that was a good experience too. You know, me yeah. with Monsignor Tracy, and and hearing his stories and and what he was telling us. He was trying, you know, he inspired. He he was inspirational, you know, just hearing, you know, his priesthood stories, and and, you know, I would have some meetings with him, you know, personally, and it was it was it was good. So I was I was ready. I was okay, you know, and it was yeah. That's great. It was it was good. Yeah, it was certainly a lot of excitement going in there. Um, I'll admit there were a little jitters beforehand trying to, you know, remember your lines and everything else going in. But um, but at the same time, I remember just being in the um, in the narthex of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Galloway and just there being, you know, a great amount of peace um, oh, and nice. knowing that this is what the uh, the Lord has been calling uh, me to and that he is, um, you know, he's not leaving me alone at it that he's been along uh the entire way and that he's given me wonderful brothers to be able to share this journey with so to be able to look back and you know think of all those graces and blessings throughout the years and to really oh. see it come into fulfillment at that moment i love hearing that i mean for me uh it was incredibly stressful and incredibly dramatic mm. we were scared the entire time because the internet wouldn't work <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well that was one thing we were trying to live stream the internet wouldn't work people were getting on our live streams so we had the password protect all of our stuff uh. three minutes before we were supposed to start we actually held up the ordination for five minutes <laughs> trying to get the live stream to work fortunately there were people who were late getting there so that helped a little bit the, we weren't sure we we it was a complete change in how we did the ordination it was one of the first times we've restricted the number of people who could go mm -hmm. so so for you guys, it was uh, family and friends, and even priests had to uh, RSVP to come just mm -hmm. to make sure that we didn't have the numbers too bad. There was one element of the ordination that did change in the sense is usually a moment where uh, you're you're embraced by the deacons of the of the diocese, and in this case, we didn't have any deacons there because uh, no, but there we were two. so limited. Well, just, just there was two. transitional deacons, right? Right, no, right. No, no exactly. permanent deacons. No permanent deacons. Right. Was that intentional? They didn't have them there to have yeah. less. Yeah, because we knew we had to keep the numbers down. Mm -hmm. So uh, that so it was so it, it's a shame because you had some strangeness to your ordination, but God mm -hmm. willing, your priesthood at ordination will be well. Be gangbusters again. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful for the amount of people we were allowed. It was it yeah. was great, you know. I, I've well, that's because they were all there for you. Who? who nah. Which one of you had the biggest group? No, it was, was it? Carlo? It was, it was Carlo. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He had the entire left <laughs> side of the church. I forgot about that. Let it be known, Carlo invited me, but I sat in Paul's section because it was a better better view. <laughs> I'm just happy you made it. <laughs> I, I was blessed to be there. He was. It was beautiful. It truly was. It really was nice. Now it was, a, it was such a wonderful. If you, to our listeners, I will tell you, if you haven't been to an ordination in the past, uh, ordinarily they're open for everyone to go to. Um, go to one, or in this case, watch, uh, watch, watch the live stream mm -hmm. on Sunday at uh, 10:30 a.m. Oh, actually, you won't be able it to. It will be gone because by then. I well, forgot we're, we're pre-recording this. Yeah, 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 you can watch it you later. Can, we uh, by the time go you're listening to it. this, uh, we've recorded the the priest ordination. You can watch it on our diocesan Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter accounts, and Periscope if you'd like. Um, but uh, but if you, next year, in your own diocese or in the Camden diocese. Go to the priest ordination. I actually get annoyed if I see em any empty speak, any empty seat, because it's the most important no, it part. Is. It, I w this may be hyperbole, but in my perspective, it's one of the most important days in the diocesan calendar for any diocese. It's true. That you can welcome in 
however and many pray, new priests. And pray for them. And yeah. pray for them at, at the Mass. Yeah. And you get the benefit of their first blessing as well. I always like that. Yeah, I've, Which I've I'm ever... hitting you each up for after this. <laughs> we'll be waiting for you. Stay. We'll be holding yeah. the line up. <laughs> Does it still count a week later? What is this like? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, fresh. Sure. Yeah, I think it's like mm-hmm. the whole year. Oh, it's the whole year? Right? Oh, I don't no, I know. You guys know better than I. I'm going to take it a week out. I'm going to say it's still good. Do you know I've been in the diocese for five years. I've never had a first blessing. And that's... Got to change why? tonight? I don't know. I, I don't know. know. You know why? Because I'm working the entire well, time. tonight you're staying too. And they're still We're going to be looking up. for you. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> the, uh, I, don't know. I don't know if I'm feeling from these three. They're, 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 they're too, they're right, too next earnest. Week. Next week, come fathers. Nah, Father I don't want, I, I don't want it from them either. We'll, we'll figure it out. Well, <laughs> i got to look through the seminary and like, who do I want to break the streak with? Pick out your year. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, but no, but yeah, so if you ever get a chance, go to a, an ordination. Diaconal ordinations are great. Priesthood ordinations are even better. Uh, if you can make it into a bishop's uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, installation, installation, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. Sh- yeah. So I was, I, I'm just very excited. It's great to have you guys on the yeah, show. Yeah, I was tonight. curious to hear in these last few minutes that we have left, like, what was your favorite moment from the day? And maybe we can end with that, just going around your favorite moment. You only have a minute each, so... Okay, so I guess my favorite moment was just laying down before the altar and the holy uh, sacrament and just kind of thinking about giving my whole life to God's people uh, and also the concept of ha- re- being reminded of how all the saints are praying for you. Uh, and I thought that was one of the most beautiful aspects of the ordination. Oh, that's great. I would say I would say the same that really? when you lay down when the whole church is praying for you the litany mm-hmm. of saints you know yeah. that that's pretty powerful because you see it done for at other ordinations which I love I'm the same way it's like they're so inspiring at the end of the year after you know a tough year sometimes in seminary and you see those ordinations you're like wow this is great you know and just mm-hmm. laying down that, that that moment it's like wow it's us you know yeah. laying here and then also. Uh, after the embrace, walking up on the altar and sitting next to the bishop as a deep vest, vested wow. as a deacon, like wow! It was just, it was incredible. It was an amazing experience. That's nice, yeah, powerful. Okay. Yeah, I also agree that the uh, moment of the litany of the saints was certainly a powerful moment. But I think the most powerful moment uh, was the moment that Bishop Sullivan laid his hands on my head. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember just being there and knowing at that moment. I was a deacon and I remember standing up and walking back to my uh, place and just remember remembering hey I'm still Carlos Santa Teresa but God's call has been you know been made manifest in itself you know in the fact that I am now a deacon uh, through the gift of the Holy Spirit and through the uh, prayers and hands of the bishop so it really that really was the powerful moment seeing how natural and at peace i was at that moment that's incredible that, yeah. i love that that's no that, that i like hearing the favorite moments of us really i will say as as a person in the pew the lay, seeing the men laid prostrate it it is powerful for the people in the pew too because you're like you're laying your life down for us like for us and for the people on that for me was a very striking moment as well and uh, I'll finish it with this. Uh, we did get some comments on the live stream, and some people were concerned for you. And, and some people said, "What? No pillows?" It was the. It was so. At least they were worried about you guys on the cold tile. That was very Aww. sweet. <laughs> that was our, nice. Thank you very much. Our, our for your exactly. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, it was Carrie, wonderful. Thank you very much for setting this up and letting yeah. us back into your place. And to our listeners, uh, we'll be, we'll chat with you next week. And when we chat with you next week, it'll be with our our newest priest of the diocese of Camden. So. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk God to you bless later. everyone.